1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
0: T's and C's apply New South Wales authorisation number TP 01005.
1: Let's celebrate all things Australian rugby. Shall we celebrate all things Australian rugby? How much is there to celebrate when it comes to the wallabies these days? Well, veteran broadcaster rugby commentator out of Australia, Peter Mears, joins us on the programme. G'day Peter, welcome.
0: G'day, Mark. Thanks for having me again.
1: God, you almost did the impossible, the unthinkable. You almost got up over France and almost ended their 10-game winning streak at international rugby level. However, you ended up losing 30 points to 29. What's been the general sort of consensus and feeling around that performance?
0: Uh mate. A loss by one point is as bad as a loss by 30 points, really. Everyone's very disappointed because we played so well for so much of the match. And didn't expect to win, uh, you know. Like the All Blacks, you always expect to win. We we don't expect to win because under Dave Rennie, we've had probably 35% wins in the last couple of years. And against the Six Nations champions, although we did beat them down under, but that was a very young experimental team they sent down last year to Australia, and we beat them 2-1 in that series. But uh, I don't think very many judges uh, would have thought that Australia could get that close and. You know, we could have won it. It was just a bit of nerves and bad tackling in the last uh, four minutes when Damien Pinot made that beautiful run down the right wing and beat Jock Campbell and Tom Wright and went over for a terrific try. You've got to give them credit. They snatched a win out of uh, what looked like it was going to be defeat.
1: Yeah, well, Hurley, I mean, you managed to get the victory um, over Scotland, 16-15, another close one. Just your comments regarding Dave Rennie there. I mean, it sounds to me like a lot of people are blaming Dave Rennie for the results. But, uh, I mean, let's be honest, you can't turn a donkey into a thoroughbred. It's not like he's got that much to work with by, you know, the traditional high standards Australian rugby once had.
0: Yeah, but I mean, he's probably not doing any worse than Michael Checker was when he vacated the throne. Uh, look I'm not, if I gave you that impression I didn't really mean it's Dave Rennie's fault perhaps his selection policy could be part of the reason because he believes in rotation and with a young, with players in key positions like the halves for example if you don't play them regularly they don't have confidence and they lose their skills like Tate McDermott got on the field in the last match against Scotland for the first time in about five matches he hadn't played uh, for months. Uh, I mean, the Frenchmen had the same problem because they hadn't played for seven months. But um, you've got to sort of say, well, if you're going to look forward to the World Cup next year, you've got to have settled combinations, particularly in the halves, full-back, wings, the front row, you know, those key positions. And... um, he hasn't been doing it, he's paid the price for it although the previous week against Scotland we snatched a victory we shouldn't have had when Blair uh, Kinghorn missed an easy penalty from right in front and uh, we won by one point.
1: It's an interesting one that rest in rotation because it's a real um bugbearer of mine. I mean, you know, we've got up over Wales, um, we're playing Scotland this weekend, and yet there's talk now of, oh, you know, we'll probably rotate the team. And I'm like, well, hang on, a minute. a year out from the World Cup, surely you want a dress rehearsal, because in a year's time, you're going to have to win a quarterfinal, a semifinal and a final, and you're going to want to do it with the same core group of your best 23 players. So surely you have a dress rehearsal now. And one of the criticisms I have with all black rugby is that, We don't have settled combinations either. We don't know whether our core group of players are capable mentally of putting three good performances back-to-back in the space of two weeks.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And um, you've had some surprising losses in in the last 12 months. Uh, I'm a big fan of all-black rugby, and I have great respect, uh, particularly as Australia has been beaten by them for so long. Um, But uh, I think it comes back to confidence, doesn't it? When you're confident of your position in the team you play accordingly you, you show your skill set you don't think twice about what your option might be you just go ahead and do it because you're used to it and uh that's not happening with our young ones the french players and it's probably not happening with the all blacks who are trying to rotate uh, their players too so you know it's it's a toss up what the best policy is because if you play them all the time you do risk them getting injured and i suppose that might be what they're thinking is Rennie's thinking uh, he's said several times that it's a long tour this autumn uh, nation series that they're on at the moment it's uh, playing every weekend for five weeks and you guys are the same so you've got to guard against injury but um As I say, we're not uh, in top form. We're trying to develop a team for the World Cup, and I don't
1: think it's the way to go. Yeah, Yeah, and that's the other argument too. Like, I've been critical here that, you know, we're reducing rugby to once every four years now. We're making so much around the Rugby World Cup. The problem with that is I think it's been proven that there's not a lot of methodology in it because players can get injured anyway. Um... I mean, we're in a slightly different position where the All Blacks are just not allowed to lose and we've got to be careful that we don't start accepting losses, but it's not good for international rugby if everything's a constant experiment in the name of one tournament every four years.
0: Yeah, I agree. And and we've got the other problem which you guys also have is that um, there's so much money and so much attraction of um, top 14 rugby or playing in England and the money's there, so you lose your, your top players and they go over and Sometimes they don't get picked for the All Blacks or for the Wallabies, and you know we've got the situation with Samu Karevi, our best back last year, over in uh, playing in Japan, and uh, Quade Cooper. Admittedly, he's injured, but he was he was away overseas for quite a long while. Um, you know we saw the big fella who came on last week. Um, oh, what's his name? The, the giant uh, who played. Uh, Against um, in the last match against France. I can't think of his name. He's been playing in France. But it's because I haven't seen him for so long. Are,
1: are you talking uh, Are you talking Skelton?
0: Skelton, Will Skelton. That's the guy I was thinking of, yeah. Um, you know, he's a good player, but he was flown out at the last minute. He probably still had jet lag when he went on the field at Parc de France. And, um, you know, we don't know, we just don't see him for so long. We're without his services for 90% of the time. And the ghetto law, as they call it, is so uh, restrictive that you've got to have played 60 internationals before you can get recalled from Europe to play for the Wallabies.
1: Mm, mm, mm. So you take on Italy this week, Ireland the following week, and then Wales. Um, What are the expectations? Mm. You'd expect to beat Italy, wouldn't you?
0: Never lost to Italy in 18 previous matches, but I watched uh, Italy-Samoa, and I was very impressed. I thought Italy played brilliantly. 28 mil at time. They won 49-17, scoring six tries to two. Uh, it was a consummate performance from the Italians. They've got a new style about their game. They're running the ball much more than they used to. They used to depend so much on 10-man rugby. But... Um, they won't be a pushover. I think Australia, having shown a bit of frailty in the last two internationals, will struggle to be visually at home in Padua.
1: Can you take anything out of the fact that Ireland only just got up over South Africa and yet this year, um, you know, the Wallabies did have parity with South Africa? Can you look forward to the Ireland game with any confidence?
0: Yeah, I think we match up pretty well against Ireland. Uh, I watched that um, South Africa-Ireland game and I thought the referee was very kind to Ireland, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but um, it wasn't an easy win, that's for sure. It was very, very close. And Springboks could easily have won it. Uh, they're a formidable team. Their forwards are terrific. Um, but they're pretty easy to um, predict the way they play the game. Uh and I think Australia had worked them out pretty well last year. It was a very good performance, whereas beating France wasn't such an outstanding performance because they sent a young, new-look team out here. It wasn't their Six Nations champion team they sent out here. Uh, and the Springboks were pretty well at full strength. So I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we, if we beat Ireland. It could happen. Uh, certainly means a lot if we get uh, our top players back, like Taniela Tupo came back against France and he matched up with their massive forward pack really well. I think our pack held their own in the physicality stakes. Um, And if they settle on the halves, I think they've just got to make a decision. I think Nick White and Lola Sio, the young guy, are the ones that I would go for at this stage. I, I don't think Bernard Foley's got it at this stage of his career. Uh, he made mistakes, vital mistakes that cost two tries in the last international, and he's um, he's lost his pace. His goal kicking's reliable if he's in front, but he can't kick long range, uh, and his defence is suspect. So I, I'd be going on with... Dolours. go for youth is my feeling.
1: Cost you the Blitzzlow Cup too, didn't he? He did, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That's, a bit, that's a bit harsh, to be fair. I think it was probably more the referee. Um, hey, look, um, Peter, just Hamish McLennan, the head of Australian rugby, he's sort of come out and said he wants an Anzac side to take on the Lions in 2025. Um, how's this been received? Um, is there any sort of credibility in this, or is this just a bit of a pipe dream? Well, they did it, didn't they,
0: some years 80, ago? 89, I yeah, 1989. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I thought it was fascinating.
1: I, I
0: love seeing something like that. I don't know about you, but I'm a great fan of New Zealand rugby, and to see our guys running with them and playing with them uh, is a compliment to our blokes to even get picked, I reckon. Uh, I I quite like an exhibition match like this, if you can call it that. Um, Mind you, I think the All Blacks would probably have a better chance of beating the Lions than the combined team would. Uh, They're they're mighty tough, and the Lions, as you saw last time, they toured down under. But... um, Yeah, I I think all for it, provided it fits into the timetable and the schedule.
1: Mm. It's interesting because, um, boy, and this rocks the Kiwis up, and this is part of the reason we're going to have anything to do with it, I think. As I was just reading, a, a, a possible Anzac 15 that Fox Sport have put together. They've got five Australian forwards in the forward pack. So Angus Bell, Billy Pollard, Daniel Not Tupo it. in the front row, Nick Frost uh, as one of the locks. And then you've got Tupi via uh, Kira Awani, and Adi Sevilla. You've got Rob Valentini at eight. I mean, we, we just find that laughable. Uh, then you've got yeah. Samu Karevi. Um, Jordan Pataya, um Joseph Suaili and uh what's is it sorry, I can't pronounce it. Joseph
0: Swahili he's the rugby league kid. Yeah, well... He's not even playing
1: rugby union at the moment. Yeah, and you sort of sit there and you go, Samasoni Takiahau, who has just been an absolute superstar, this for the All Blacks, coming on in hooker, uh, coming off the bench, the likes of Terrell Lomax. Will Jordan can't even make the starting 15, according to...
0: Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, I, I mean, the best winger in the
1: world at the it, moment. Well, I mean, this is it, isn't it? I mean, if you're going to pick a Turanzac 15, you don't like the British and Irish Lions. This is not a straight split down the middle, is it? This is based on merit.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that that's a joke. Billy Pollard hardly gets a run for the Australian team. Mm. He's just a kid mm. learning the the craft. There's mm. so many better hookers around than him. Mm. Um, oh, look, that's always good grist for the mill, isn't it? That sort of selecting teams that, based on just what you feel, is probably someone at Fox Sports who doesn't even follow rugby who picked that team. He's probably a league.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, so, so so, look, a year out from the Rugby World Cup, well, what's sort of the expectations on the Wallabies team? I mean, let's be honest, it's, it's a one-off type tournament. You don't have to be the best side going into it. You, you do need a little bit of luck. Sometimes you need the draw to fall your way a little bit. But I mean, I, I think if Australia can beat Ireland and beat Wales, then yeah, you certainly don't rule them out. I, I certainly don't write them off.
0: Yeah, look, we have a funny habit of bobbing up at World Cups. We've won two. um, And in 2015, nobody thought we'd do any good, and we got to the final. Um, So, yeah, I I think Australia is improving, put it that way. And Dave Rennie's a very smart coach. Uh, He's developing young players and making... We've got a lot more depth than we used to have, Mark. So I think that's a good thing, particularly in the hards. Like, who do you pick? McDermott? Jake Gordon or Nick White, they're all equally good in different ways. So, same with the fly half position. Um, Look, you're pretty right. You know, how Australia fares in the next couple of matches against Italy, Ireland and Wales will tell you a lot. Uh, And Provided they settle on combinations and they keep developing and we don't get injuries because we haven't got as much depth as, say, the All Blacks have.
1: Mm-hmm. What's the weather like over there today, Peter?
0: Uh, it's fine and sunny with a little bit of wind, but gorgeous. Like every day. Yeah, like yeah, on the Sunshine Coast goes without saying,
1: doesn't it? Oh no, stunning, stunning part of the world. Hey, Peter, lovely to have you on the program. Thank you. And talking to you, mate, I enjoy it every time. Yeah, cheers, Peter May is out of Australia, there talking all things Australian rugby.